All right, happy Sunday. Welcome back to the club. Um, my name is Loren, if you're new here. Um, this is the G63 Club. We just get to hang out, talk, get a little deep, have some laughs, probably cry a lot. Um, but today I thought for the first official solo episode, in true Leslie Mannix fashion, I'm gonna have a little Prosecco. If you wanna unwind from the week, you can have a little glass with me. If you don't drink, make yourself a nice little mocktail, make a tea, whatever it is, just something to unwind. Sundays are my favorite day of the week because I feel like it's a time that you just get to relax, you've had a busy weekend. I mean, I always have cheer practices Sunday nights, so it's always really fun to be able to go and hang out with the girls, but it's also just nice to get your laundry done, do your homework, whatever it is, end the night with a little glass of Prosecco. And I don't know why I never drank Prosecco much until my mom, and then she loved La Marca Prosecco, if you know what I'm talking about. It's the best Prosecco there is. It's not expensive at all. Like, you can really get it on a budget, but she just loved Prosecco so much to the point where when we were in the hospital, she had it in her medical chart that it was kind of like a joke, but they actually physically put it in her chart that every four hours she was allowed to have six ounces of Prosecco or something because, I mean, at that point she was in palliative care, so obviously for the average person in the hospital you're not allowed to have alcohol, but I mean, when you're in palliative care you just get to do whatever to make you comfortable. Um, so now, ever since then, I always have a little glass. I get to connect with her and, yeah, have a little glass with me. Um, so I'm gonna take a sip because I really need one right now. <laughs> See, this one isn't as good as La Marca, but it'll do. It'll do. Um, yeah, anyways, let's see. This week, I want to talk about... I'll just put my notes away. This week, I want to talk about how you can, you know, find positive things out of a really bad experience and kind of the recipe for that. And the simple answer is... There's absolutely not one. And I mean, there's definitely ways that, you know, you can distract yourself and have fun and surround yourself by the right people. But I think that one thing that would just frustrate me so much, especially like in the very early stages of grieving, is everybody is like, oh, you know, you're gonna find light in the dark times. And everybody has to have these like profound, like stories of how they've taken this grief and, you know, and it's just, it kind of, as much as I know the intention is for it to be inspiring and like, I know everyone always says, you know, well, this is, this can make you stronger. And it's like, I feel like it's okay to also just sit there and be like, well, what the fuck? Like, I don't, I don't need any more strength right now. I just, I never wanted this to happen. This sucks. I hate this and that's okay. I feel like a lot of, uh, a lot of people like to say, well, if you do this, you know, that's going to get you through it. And that's not true, but... There is a lot of ways that I think that have helped me not get over the grief, get past it, but just move through it. I think that's a really important thing to recognize is it's not here or there. It's not you're grieving, oh, you're recovered. Like this is something I've realized is going to be with me for the rest of my life. And I also know like everybody's experience with grief is so different. So obviously things that I do aren't going to be helpful for someone in a different situation or might not be helpful. I mean, I would hope that maybe someone would be able to use a little piece of this, but 
for me, I mean like the entire reason I'm doing this podcast and this company and building all of this truly is a way for me to connect with my mom in some way. I feel like specifically with Golden 63 Design, that is very obviously a way that I feel I can connect with her because, you know, that was her career. But, I mean, she's not a podcaster. She never listened to podcasts. Um, but, you know, I feel like the more I'm open with people and the more I get to, you know, chat with everybody. I mean, we had Lara on last week and she was just incredible. And, I mean, obviously I had a little tear here and there. But it's just, I don't know, it's important to me to be able to kind of get to those levels of people and I think you know what Lara and I talked about about having those core people and having people you can count on I'm trying to kind of create with this um, but I guess in a long in a long-winded way all I'm trying to say is that you know doing this for me is a distraction and is a way to try and make something positive out of the grief but I don't want people to ever look at this and be like Oh, see, you know, she's doing good now. Like, she's, like, smiling. Everything's good. Well, no. Like, I think, I think you'll see that a lot through the season. I definitely have a hard time keeping it together. But I think that there needs to be less pressure when you're grieving on, oh, get through it. Like, it's always, you know, what's the problem? Let's fix it. And it's like, this isn't something that you just fix. I think things that have been super helpful for me have been, yeah, building out this brand, but also, like, I've started really enjoying spending more time by myself. I feel like as much as I love my friends and I love the people around me, like it's hard to have a social battery for people that just truly can't understand what it is that you are going through. And also I think that this can apply to any situation. It's not necessarily just grief, but anytime you've experienced something super traumatic and life altering, you know, everything changes. And I think that you know, sometimes it's okay to just be like, fuck, this sucks. And like, I want to move along day by day, but I don't need to do any drastic, like, if I hit this workout regimen, I am going to be perfect. I'm going to feel better. If I journal every day, if I go to therapy, it's like, well, those are, I feel like, short solutions. And it helps, but it's not long term. So I think what I would want to encourage anyone that's either going through a hard time or grieving is just like, Find things that you're passionate about and find things that fulfill you. And if that means that you're spending more time on your own, so be it. I used to be so, like, anxious to be by myself. I used to, like, when I was younger, I wouldn't even go get my nails done without my friends. Like, I just always wanted to be around people. And all of a sudden now, I just enjoy my time so much. I love going to get my nails done by myself, putting a podcast in, going for a walk, Whatever it may be, I think it's good to feel comfortable just hanging out with yourself. I feel like you don't have to always wait around for someone to join you with plans. If there's something you want to do or something you think would be fun, just go and do it yourself. Take that time to just be like, you know what, I'm not waiting for anybody. I'm going to have some fun. I think that's been one thing that has really helped me take the grief day by day is just... I mean, hell, I live with six other girls. They're all in university. They all have busy lives. There are days where I'm like, oh, I just want to go and go to a hot Pilates class and then watch a movie. And they don't have time for that. Okay, I'm going to go do it by myself. Or maybe I want to go for a walk. 
or, you know, and it's like, obviously, I think a lot of people, if they have time and, you know, you invite them to something, most of the time people will say yes, but everybody's busy. Everybody's on a different schedule. So don't wait for other people or opportunities to come to you. Just go and find something that makes you happy. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be a whole day thing. I mean, really just take the time to figure out what it is that you like because I don't want it to get confused. It's not going to fix anything at all. That's not going to happen, unfortunately. But I think that if you just realize, okay, well, I'm going to take this time to do something that I enjoy. And, you know, at least that can be something I can look back at the day and be like, oh, you know what? That was a good thing. But I think that a lot of the grief books and podcasts and articles that, you know, people will send over. I feel like a lot of it is very optimistic and I think that that's great for people that need to hear that kind of, you know, support and encouragement, but I think there also needs to be a bit more of a space for people that are just truthfully mad at the situation and mad at the world and I don't think that there's anything wrong with, you know, feeling those feelings and I think that for myself, I feel like I'm going to have a better time to transition into this new period of life without my mom because I never want to say get over it because that's never going to happen. I just, I know that that's never going to happen, but I want to transition into a place where I think of her and I'm always just happy and, you know, I can reflect on the good times and I don't feel like I don't want to always feel pissed off at the medical system and, you know, how did this happen to us? Like you can go down a rabbit hole being pissed off about what's gone on and feeling like it's not fair. But at the end of the day, things happen and you don't always have to get over them, but you just, you do need to learn how to move with it and move forward. So I think right now what I'm trying in this like transitionary period is to just really figure out what it is that I like and that I'm passionate about um, and also just, it's okay to kind of, you know, change what you used to do. Hell, I used to party, like, in my first and second year of university, I probably went out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sunday nights, and it was, like, constant, and that was so much fun for me. I love that. Never going to judge anyone for partying. I love a good party, but, like, ever since going back to school, I think, you know, a lot of people... Even my dad sometimes will say, oh, like, what are you doing with your friends? You should go with your friends tonight and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, well, I also realize that sometimes when I go out, I get anxious. I doesn't fulfill me. So instead of going out with all of my roommates, I will stay in and work on little art, make Pinterest boards, do kind of boring things. But it's like, at the end of the day, sometimes you just need to recognize, like, what it is that's going to make you feel better. And also just don't look for something at the end of the tunnel. Don't look for, okay, well, if I do this and I do this, I'm going to feel good. I'm, this is, everything is great. Because unfortunately, I wish people told me this from the start. I don't believe that that's going to happen. I think that there's so many positive ways you can, you know, change things, but I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, and if you believe that there is a light out of death and everything, then I completely respect that. But I, uh, I certainly feel like it's okay to just be upset about it. 
Um, and I think there's also ways that you can make one specific person's passing impactful for others. In my mom's case, she had pancreatic cancer, which a lot of people don't know enough about. I think that all cancer is completely horrible and there is a lot of research that's being done, but pancreatic cancer is one of those ones that by the time that you figure out you have it, in a lot of cases, it is too late. If you're presenting symptoms of it, it's often too late. If you're in a position where you know, you're getting a, an MRI for whatever reason or a CAT scan and you can find it early on, in those situations, you know, there's paths you can go on. But in my mom's case, she thought she had a stomach ulcer, she wasn't feeling good, went to the hospital, and a couple weeks later we find out she has six to eight months to live, and that's it. That's the end of it. So it's like, that made me mad at kind of like the research around pancreatic cancer, and I'm like, how the fuck are people not giving warning signs, or how am I not hearing about it enough? And this is, I didn't even know what a pancreas fully was until my mom. And like, it just, it's one of those illnesses that like, way too many people lose their families and don't get enough time because the survival rate, unfortunately, is extremely, extremely low. So as much as I'm angry at that and I'm angry at the world for that, I'm like, okay, well, how can I make that possibly better for other people and other families? And my sister and I, you know, we talked about it a lot and we were like, we, we, we've got to raise money for pancreatic cancer. Like, how are we going to do this? And my mom loved pickleball. She would always play it with her friends and she loved Prosecco. So I was like, all right, P&P, &P, Pickleball and Prosecco, we're going to host an annual Pickleball and Prosecco fundraiser. We're going to get all of our friends and family out for the first year. We're going to, you know, set up a tournament, have some raffle tickets, have some fun. We were able to raise $10,000 for pancreatic cancer in our first year. And that was just, this wasn't public, this was just for like family and friends. It was pretty much just invite only because it was, there was a lot of help, but it was primarily my sister and I doing it. So we didn't want to take on too much. But even since then, we've set up a page on Pancreatic Cancer Canada where you can donate in memory of my mom, Leslie Mannix. And since then, one of my good friends, uh, John Vernon, he, I grew up with him. Um, his dad was a professional hockey player, Mike Vernon. He's been super successful. Um, he was playing in a golf tournament um, a while ago with another buddy of his, and it was a charity golf tournament. They had one $10,000 on behalf of the Flames, and they donated that to pancreatic cancer in my mom's name. And, you know, as we talked last week with Lara, she's selling pajamas called The Leslie, where a portion of that will go towards pancreatic cancer Canada. So it's like, yeah, no matter how much money I raise for pancreatic cancer, that's not going to fix anything. But it makes me feel better that I can somehow potentially help another family down the road because nobody deserves to lose a parent, a friend, a loved one. It's just, it's one of the hardest things to grasp. And I think the more money that we can put towards things that truly matter and things that maybe aren't as 
you know, publicly fundraised for, um, you know, that's how you can kind of find a little glimmer of hope. So for me, I'm like, I could raise a million dollars for pancreatic cancer. That's not going to end my grief. That's not the light at the end of the tunnel. But let's say one day in an imaginary world that happens, I will feel so content and so happy and I'll feel so proud. And I'll, I know my mom would be so proud of that, but it still doesn't change that it's sad and it's hard. But I think you just take the little things that make you happy and if you lost a loved one or a friend to an illness or whatever it may be, talk to other people that have maybe been in that situation. Do some research about, you know, how you could make that, um, you know, have something positive come out of it that you would have wanted for your family or for that friend that's going through that. If I had, you know, the support from tons of people that had been raising money for pancreatic cancer and had found a way to, you know, really prolong it and, you know, give her more time, I would be so fucking grateful for them. But I hope that even if I can only contribute on a small level and, you know, raise awareness, the more people that do that, the better. So whatever it may be that has unfortunately taken anybody out of your life, it could be addiction, it could be mental health, can be illness. I think finding a way that you can take that and advocate for it, raise money for it, contribute in different ways um, is a way you can move day by day through it. But yeah, I guess the moral of the episode is just don't put pressure on yourself that, you know, you, you gotta you gotta get over it. You gotta you gotta move past because I think that if you have that perception and you have that idea you're never going to be satisfied. And I think the earlier you can accept, well, I say you, this is in my personal experience, I understand everybody is different, but I find that the earlier that I accepted that I am not gonna attain this certain level of happiness after my mom has passed, I realized, okay, well, this sucks, but what can I do to make day by day suck a little bit less? So, yeah. Cheers to that. I will see you next Sunday. If you tuned in last week to my episode with Lara, we played a really fun game called The Oracle by Calm Club. And I originally, I had known that I wanted to play this game with all of my guests because I was like, what a fun way to get to know them, maybe on a level I haven't before. But then while I was working with Lara, that's when together we all decided, wouldn't it be fun to ask everyone watching a question? So I was like, Damn, well, I don't want to only get to do that every time I have an interview. So, she's back for another episode. So, I'm going to pick a card. I'm going to get my producer to read me a question, and then I'm going to pick a card for you. And I would love for you to either comment on, if you're watching this on YouTube, comment on the YouTube, or you can comment on my Instagram, TikTok, your response. If it's a response that you like have really thought out, it's personal, you don't want to share it with everyone, you can still share it with me. So you can email the G63club at gmail.com. I'm the only one that has access to that. I'm the only one that will read it. It's a little secret message just between the two of us, or the three of us, or however many there is. It's only episode three, so, you know, here's to hoping. Okay, let's see. What mood am I in today? Mmm. 
Okay, I know I've already picked this one before, but I feel like I just, I'm feeling the sunset again. So since there's five questions for every card, um, I'm gonna get my producer, Katie, to read it out to me, and I'll try and answer it as best as I can in some way that can maybe tie into the episode. So, okay. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, for the sunset. Could it be time to reflect on your journey so far? Absolutely. I think that that honestly is like the perfect thing to tie into this episode. I feel like my new journey started when my mom got sick, I want to say. I mean, obviously a big journey is since she's passed, but I think when she got sick, I started just looking at things completely different. And I think that now I'm just on a journey to trying to just find ways to make it through and, I don't know, make people proud, make myself proud. So yeah, I think it's a good time to like sit back and be like, you know what? I've come a long way from where I was a year ago and hopefully I get to watch this back in a year and be like, damn, look how far I've come. We'll see. So I love that question. Okay, now it's time for your guys' question. And I'm gonna let Katie pick it as well. The Blossom. Okay, Katie, what do you have for the G63 Club? Are you budding flower in the making? Are you budding flower in the making? Okay, Katie's not mic'd up, so if you can't hear this. What she asks you all is, are you budding flower in the making? I'm honestly really curious to see where everyone can take that. I feel like that's a very open-ended question, so comment, <laughs> comment your response or email me, and yeah, let's have some fun.